Welcome to the Shepherd's Pie, a slice of hope to raise faithful kids, where we focus on topics that impact young people today. I'm Anthony Barone Colank, but you can call me Tony. I'm a father of five who served in the Air Force for 21 years. I'm now a law professor and a columnist for Practical Homeschooling Magazine. I'm also the author of The Harwood Mysteries, an exciting medieval fiction series for kids age 10 and up. Here on The Shepherd's Pie, we want to inform, inspire, help you to raise happy, healthy, and faithful kids, whether you're a parent, a youth minister, a teacher, anyone. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the importance of our family and cultural heritage and how that heritage can be harnessed to make connections with youth today. My guest is Carmela Martino. She's an award-winning author and a writing teacher whose novels for teens and tweens have stemmed from her experience and connection to her Italian-American heritage as the child of immigrants. In the entertainment review segment of the show... I'll be reviewing the contemporary movie musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, In the Heights, which deals with the joys and challenges faced by immigrants in America today. My last name might not show it, but I am 84% Italian. At least that's what 23andMe told me when they analyzed my DNA sample that I sent in a few years ago. In fact, I'm the grandson of Italian immigrants on my mother's side. They emigrated to the United States in the early 1900s through Ellis Island in New York. We have the ship's registry where they sailed. We can see their names there. I had a chance to visit Ellis Island a few years ago and was just blown away by all that they have there detailing the plight of immigrants who came to this country, especially in the early 20th century, and especially from places like Italy, where my ancestors came from. I still have relatives in Italy. I got a chance to visit them a few years ago on the little island of Progida. But you know, I grew up and I was proud of my heritage as an Italian-American. And even as a lawyer, one of my favorite Supreme Court justices was Antonin Scalia, the first Italian-American to be put on the Supreme Court of the United States. My Italian-American heritage is a big part of who I am. My family values, the importance of family, my identity... And each of us have our own story. My family may have come from Italy. My wife's family came from Ireland and Norway and Guatemala. The topic of immigration is a controversial one today. It's not so much the Italians anymore who are immigrating to the United States, but we're getting people from all over the world, whether Africa or Vietnam or Guatemala or Mexico. And each of them are faced with the same issues that have always faced immigrants coming to this country, fitting in to a new culture, being treated differently because you look, sound, or believe differently than those who are already here. And the issue of immigration is now big political football, isn't it? With the dreamers and the debate over how do we control illegal immigration? How do we even refer to these people? Are they undocumented migrants? Are they illegal immigrants? It's a topic that in many ways is dividing the country today. So maybe we should avoid it when we talk to our kids, when we have our youth groups. Maybe the issue of heritage and culture should be avoided so we don't have division in our classrooms. Not so, says my guest today, Carmela Martino. As we talk about her youth novels that revolve around her immigrant heritage, we also talk about why it's still important today for us to make those connections for our kids, for our students, and how those connections of heritage and culture can even help us reach them with the faith. 
All right, I am here today with Carmela Martino, who's an author, a speaker, a writing teacher. She's actually the author of two award-winning novels that are uh, based on her experiences growing up in an Italian immigrant family. And I asked her to come on the show today so we can explore a little bit about how our culture and family heritage impacts us and how we might be able to harness it to uh, impact youth on issues of importance to them and on faith issues. So Carmela, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony. I'm happy to be here today. Can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, your background, especially it, it, it looks like your, uh, your heritage is important to you in your writing. Yes, it is. Um, as you said, I'm Italian-American. Both my parents were born in Italy. Uh, they got married in Italy, and I was born nine months later, but they were living here at the time. So I could well have been born in Italy. Um, I'm named for my maternal grandmother. That's where Carmela comes from. Um, and so because my parents were immigrants, I was bilingual as a child. I'm the oldest of three children, though there were two siblings who died. Um, and one of those stories ended up being an inspiration for one of my novels. Uh, but I grew up in Chicago, and I had always loved writing. I'd, I'd actually had some things published as a teen. I published some poetry and other things. When my son was born, I became a stay-home mom and a freelance writer. And I eventually went back to college, got a Master of Fine Arts in writing for children and young adults. And that's where I worked on my first novel, Rosa Solo. So you grew up in an Italian family, and we were talking earlier that, uh, you know, I also grew up with an Italian family, but in New Jersey, not in Chicago. So I didn't quite have the same uh, hook. I didn't grow up bilingual, for instance. So what about uh, your children? Uh, you mentioned that uh, you have a son. How have you passed on your Italian heritage to him? It started with him using the Italian names for grandma and grandpa when my parents were still alive. They were Nona and Nono. And food is very important in Italian families. Food is love. It's my love language. We have traditions for certain foods at certain holidays. And some of them even are, are related to faith that are specific to Italians and maybe other communities as well, like St. Joseph is very important to us. Uh, St. Joseph's Day, All Souls Day. My mom had the tradition. You would light a candle and you have a candle lit all day, all souls day. And every time you passed, you say a prayer for a member of the family who had passed. And it was a, a reminder of those who have gone before us. So what's really interesting and beautiful about uh, what you were just explaining is how much your Italian heritage, I mean, it's just interwoven. You know, it, it's interwoven in your food, in your feast days and holiday traditions. What's really interesting is it, it just, it's so interwoven that it's impossible to separate it out. And, you know, we have these traditions and we want to pass them on to our kids, obviously. And some of those traditions include the faith, you know, wrapped into them, whether it's eating St. Anthony bread on the feast day of St. Anthony, which I, we had a little Italian church uh, near where I grew up and uh, my my mom used to always go on St. Anthony's feast day, which of course is my name feast day. Right. And, uh, and get me St. Anthony bread and bring it to me. These little, you know, balls of, of hard Italian bread that uh, I'd never had any other time in my life, except uh, when my mom would get it from this little Italian church. So, so it seems to me that, you know, especially if you do have this kind of heritage, um, passing it on to the young is important. 
Can you can you talk to that a little bit? Because obviously you write about it in your novels. It's a it's a way to stay connected with our ancestors in in part and to keep them alive in a way. And for that is one of the reasons I like doing it. And I know for me personally, when when I do things like make Italian an Italian food, it reminds me doing it with my mom growing up. And my son has made Italian food with me. You know, we've we've made homemade pasta together. And hopefully that memory will keep him connected to me even when I'm not around. So I think if we don't do those things, we lose that opportunity to, to continue the heritage and, and those memories and the connections that we have to one another. And we're talking now with Carmela Martino, an author of Rosa Sola, a book about Italian immigrant family. You know, a lot of times, so many of our kids stray from the faith. They go off to high school and college, and sometimes they go very far away from what they grew up. But where, where religion and culture are so intertwined, it strikes me that at some point, a lot of those people in their lives will you know, maybe have a time where they want to get back to their roots and by getting in touch with their culture, you know, it brings them back to the church sometimes. Have you seen anything like that? I agree with that, that, that it can be a way, I believe it can be a way. I was going to say, my son doesn't have children yet. I hope he will. I'm hoping that when they have their own children, he'll want to repeat some of the traditions that I did with him. And that's often when I, my husband and I were involved in baptism prep in our, our own church, uh, working with young couples couples who are bringing their children to be baptized. And often that's the opportunity. It's when they may have strayed from the church for a while, but then they start their own family and they want to bring, come back to the church to, to redo, to continue the things their parents did with them. Yeah. And you know, and that's, and that's really important too, because if you have a break, a generational break there, then you may very well, you know, lose that capability because then, you know, those kids or grandkids, no longer have that connection. But what do you say to a family? I mean, like all of us have some sort of tradition, like our parents came through Ellis Island. But so what do you do if you've lost that connection? You know, what, what do you say to those families who are like, well, yeah, I have an Italian heritage, but I wasn't really raised with it. I mean, are they just lost to it then? Is it saying, okay, well, sorry, I guess we won't be able to use that, you know, for, for helping your kids? No, I don't think they're lost to it at all. And I think fiction is a great way to bring them back to it. So I think that one of the things that can help young people connect with their heritage is to read books, even if they haven't personally in their own upbringing experienced what it's like to be in an Italian family. They could read about Italian, or they could read Rosa Sola, and that might raise questions that they could ask and research about their own family. And there's so many uh, resources nowadays to do that kind of research that it might spur them. Yeah, and nowadays with Ancestry.com and 23andMe and all those genealogy sites that are out there, people seem even more interested in their heritage. It's like we're trying to connect back. And um, it turns out my wife, she knew that she had some sort of Guatemalan heritage in her, but she wasn't sure what it was because she was lost to that side of her family. So we did Ancestry, and she was able to not only track down some relatives, but to find out a lot more, to pinpoint what part of the world her genealogy came from. It turns out that she actually, you know, has uh, Afro-Mestizo blood going through her. 
And now, you know, she got very interested in Mayan culture. My, and one of my daughters started actually, she checked out a book on Mayan mythology. So, I mean, this can cut in any, you know, in any direction, but I guess it is never too late to, you know, get that connection back. Let's go around to your, your Rosa Sola book then, because uh, maybe just set, set up uh, for our listeners who haven't had a chance to read this wonderful book without maybe spoiling it for them. Set up what's going on in that book and what, what you were doing there. Well, first of all, I have to tell you that it was a book I never planned to write. God had a very different plan than I did. When I went to, I, I mentioned earlier that I, I have an MFA in writing for children and young adults. And so when I entered the program, my mentor gave me an assignment to write a short story inspired by something that actually happened to me as a child based on a memory that I could still feel in my gut, she said. It had to be a visceral memory. And so I wrote a short story called Rosa's Prayer. And it was based on my own experience as a child. And I was 10 years old. My mother was expecting. I already had a brother and sister, but she was expecting a child. And I don't care if I spoil it because it's kind of important for people to know. My mother, that baby was still born. And it was born very close to my own 10th birthday. And my, I didn't find out till much later that my mother nearly died. And so the visceral emotion that I wrote about was remembering to see my mother come home. My mother had been in the hospital for several weeks. And, you know, in those days, children weren't allowed to go to the hospital. You had to be 12 years old or something. And so I'd not seen my mother at all. Nobody was telling me what was going on. The day my mother came home from the hospital was the, was the scene that inspired the short story. Because when I saw my mother, even though my mother was very petite, and I was taller than she at age 10. But she was this little dynamo and she was a powerhouse. And, and the day she came up in the hospital, she was so pale, so frail, she could hardly walk. I thought my mother was gonna die. And so the short story was about the fear that I felt. So I wrote this short story about this little girl who was upset because she wanted a sibling and the baby died. And she stopped praying because she was so angry with God, she couldn't pray anymore. And the day her mother comes home from the hospital, she realizes, that's all she can do is pray. And that was the short story. So I brought that story to my next critique session. And the group was very helpful about making it even better. But they were all like, well, you can't just leave us here. You have to tell us the rest of the story. <laughs> you have to turn this into a novel. We want to know what happens to this family after this loss. And so that's how I ended up turning that story into a novel, which became Rosa Solo, a story I never intended to share. And so in the story, it's, it's very fictionalized, though that scene is still there. That scene that's based on my memory of my mom coming home from the hospital is still in the novel. But it's really a story of how God helps heal us and provides the people in our lives and the support we need when we go through these horrible events. We are talking with Carmela Martino, an author and a writer and a teacher about the importance of heritage and culture in passing on the faith. And I, what I really like is, even though, like you said about the culture, the culture is very woven in. Rosa was like me in that her parents came from Italy. She's close to her extended family. Italian foods and culture permeate the novel, but they're just part of who she is. In the same way, her faith is part of who she is, and it's woven into the novel. And so Rosa's Solo was published by a secular press. It's not published by a religious publisher. Candlewick Press, who's a highly respected secular uh, publisher of books, only they only publish things for children and teens. 
published it. And thanks to them, it was reviewed and it actually got a starred review and made some really important list of book list top 10 novels for the youth, which was a great honor. So, but it it tells the story in a way because it's it's just all woven as who, who Rosa is and who her family is. It's definitely a beautiful story too. I had a chance to read it, as I said earlier, and really impressed with how you dealt with such a difficult topic in such a gentle way as, as you did and, and not in an overbearing way, just in a, in a really real, real way. And uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, nowadays, we seem to see a lot of division over heritage. There's a lot of issues that have become very current again with race, ethnicity, and and it almost seems sometimes that bringing up our differences divides us. What do you say about that? You know, are times changing? Should we, should we not be focused so much now on our heritage anymore? I think it's the opposite. I think if we, especially young people, connect with their own heritages more, they can relate better to other people. Because I often speak in schools and there are many immigrant children in the schools, but very, almost none of them are Italian immigrants. We don't have too many Italian immigrants these days, but a lot of other immigrants can really relate to the book. And so that helps them to see, you know, uh, even though we're different, our cultures are different, we still have so much in common. In fact, there is a a sister, she's a Dominican sister in in a suburb near me who runs a literacy program for adult women. And she heard about Rosa Sola and uses the book with her adult women students because they're learning, they're learning to read English. And so using a children's book is helpful for them. And she wrote to me and said, these women are all different cultures, but they really can identify with this immigrant family. It doesn't matter that they're not Italian, but they can understand the immigrant experience. One of the things Rosa feels different from everyone else because she's an only child. It doesn't matter what your nationality is, you can feel different. For a lot of different reasons. So, so I think it's more beautiful. And I am just as open to reading books of other cultures. I'm learning so much from reading books of other cultures. Um, and so that's really helping me empathize better. So I think, I don't think it's bad at all to, to, to notice our differences, because in many ways, it also can bring us together. We're speaking with Carmela Martino, who is a uh, author and uh, talking about the importance of heritage and culture in uh, connecting with youth. Uh, so what, what do you say then, you know, what advice might you give to an adult who's working with youth, whether it's in a you know, youth group or catechist, or if it's even just a grandparent trying to relate to their kids, how can they use this uh, idea of, of heritage and culture to reach those kids? Well, I think kids like to feel special. So if you point out some things that's special about your, your culture, maybe, maybe the child is named after you. Now, I have to tell you, as a child, I hated my name. <laughs> I hated because I was the only Carmela in the whole school. So it wasn't until much later that I began to appreciate my name. So, you know, find something, I would suggest, find something about your culture that the child might think is cool, might be fun, if it's not their specific name. Maybe it's someone in, in history. I'm a great fan of Galileo. And my father was always very proud to tell us about Italian inventors like Marconi and, and other people. So, you know, maybe there's someone in your culture, whatever that culture is, who your grandchild might relate to and admire. 
Um, they could be an athlete. It could be a scientist. But, you know, that would be, I think, one way to help children appreciate things about their own culture. If, they're, if they have a role model, they might identify. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, great Italian mathematicians and others. I, I realize I probably should give you a second to mention your other book, Playing by Heart, which uh, isn't about American immigrants, but it's about Italians and, and history. Do you want to just give listeners a quick preview of that in case they uh, have any interest in that? Yes, that's um, another story that I came to in a strange way, the way God works. But it's actually inspired by two real sisters who lived in Milan in the 1700s. Um, the main character is based on the younger sister who was a composer. She was one of the, Maria Teresa Agnesi was one of the first women to write a serious opera. And her older sister was a mathematician at a time when there weren't female mathematicians. And she would have been the world's first female math professor, but she turned down the position when the Pope offered it to her. Um, But Playing by Heart is set in 18th century Milan, inspired by two real sisters. And it's, it's the story of how the father, their father uses them for his own purposes to try to become a nobleman, but they try to, the two sisters feel called by God to do certain things in life, and they that doesn't always agree with their father, and so they try to bridge that, which is, even though it's said in the past, it's something that even teens today can relate to. There's some sibling rivalry, and there's what do you do when what you want to do in life or what you feel called to do in life is not what your parents want you to do in life. So, um, so I think that has a lot of relevance for today's readers also, even though it's set in Italy in the 1700s. Now, I know your Rosa Sola book is is probably best read by middle schoolers. Uh, What about uh, playing by heart? What age range would you suggest for that? um, It's recommended for ages 12 and up, but then there is a sweet romance, but it's totally sweet. They just, they barely hold hands at the very end of the novel. That's about all that happens. So, but there are are references to a scoundrel who who is not so nice. So that's why it's for 12 and up there. There is a character who is a womanizer who is kind of, some of his actions are mentioned. So, um, so that's why it's for 12 and up. And and Rosa Sala uh, is recommended for 10 and up, but I always caution parents, you know, they may want to read it first because of the stillborn baby, but just so they know that up front. And, and where can they uh, find your books if they're interested in, in getting it? They're anywhere you can buy books. They're on Catholic book sites and they're on Amazon. And uh, if you go to my website, there's links there too. So there's also more information if you want more. If you happen to be Italian or you want to learn more about Italian-American history, the Rosa Sola page has links to cultural Italian-American things that are mentioned in the novel. For example, Pizzelles are mentioned and Italian playing cards, which people may not realize look different than American playing cards. Um, so there's links on my website to that too. And I will have a link to your website on my website uh, with this episode uh, for anybody who's interested. Well, we've been talking to Carmela Martino, uh, an author and teacher about the importance of heritage and culture, uh, especially in, in passing on faith and other important life lessons to our youth. Uh, Carmel, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Tony. It's been my honor.
In our entertainment review segment today, I review the movie musical In the Heights by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It did not do great at the box office, but it is a wonderful movie that I would highly recommend for older teenagers. It's a movie about immigrants in the barrio of New York, and you see the dreams of these immigrants and their desire to, on the one hand, break out of the barrio and succeed in life, and on the other hand, realizing that their community and their family is in the barrio, and that's where they draw their identity. Let me tell you what I love about this movie. First, we have two very strong female characters. Nina is extremely intelligent. She's escaped the barrio to get into an Ivy League school on the West Coast, but now she's thinking of quitting because she really doesn't feel like she fits in based on where she grew up around all these well-to-do college students. And you see her struggling with this throughout the movie and finally coming to terms with it, realizing that she can take her education and use it to help other immigrants. In the character of Vanessa, you have a hairdresser, not very well educated, but ambitious and who wants to get out of the barrio and nothing is going to get in her way. In the character of Usnavi, the main male lead, he comes from the Dominican Republic and you see in his character the struggle of the immigrant wanting to go back home, but also wanting to stay and become part of the culture. There's a wonderful elderly woman, Abuela Claudia, who takes care of everybody on the block. And at one point, there's a scene where all of these young people whose lives she has touched gather together and they sing this song, but they're actually raising this beautiful woman up to God. The other thing I love about this movie is the idea of family values, being true to your family and loving your family and taking care of your family and making sacrifices for your family. So many wonderful messages in this movie. Unfortunately, I can't recommend the movie for young kids. Some parents might not feel comfortable, even with very young teenagers, seeing this movie. Why is that? Unfortunately, there's several sexual innuendos that are in the lyrics of some of the songs. There's not a lot of this in the movie, but there's enough that a sensitive parent might not feel comfortable exposing to a young teen or child at this time. This is a beautiful movie that I would recommend to older teenagers and adults. That's all the time we have for the show today. We spoke with award-winning author and teacher Carmela Martino about the importance of our cultural heritage in connecting with young people today, and I reviewed the culture-packed movie musical from Lin-Manuel Miranda, In the Heights. Again, this is Anthony Barone Kolank, and this has been The Shepherd's Pie. If any of you listening today have a question for me or a topic you'd like us to cover on the show, just drop us a line on my website at antonykolank.com. That's A-N-T-O-N-Y-K-O-L-E-N-C dot com. Also, if you visit my website, you can learn more about my historical fiction series, The Harwood Mysteries. I'll end, as always, with my wife's favorite scripture quote from Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. May the Lord bless and keep you this week.